To celebrate Black History, The Post and Courier is presenting a series of podcasts and video interviews featuring 12 dynamic South Carolina leaders to know. We talk to people from all over the state about their efforts to advance social justice, celebrate black culture, address community needs, and create a better world. Our podcasts and videos will be released monthly through January 2022. To learn about South Carolina's pantheon of social justice warriors, go to postandcourier.com slash blackhistory. Join us in learning about our state's remarkable change agents. Every walk of life, we're proud of who we are and what we believe. We are among the 200,000 people who work for Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Today, we welcome Geechee Experience, Akua Page and Chris Cato. Greetings, welcome Mm. Akua Page and Chris Cato of Geechee Experience. It's so nice to be talking with you today in lovely North Charleston by the Cooper River behind us, scenic. And this is a, this park is a former plantation, you told me, right? Mm-hmm. Retreat plantation. Retreat plantation. And I'm, I guess they grew rice as most of these plantations mm-hmm. do. Uh, yep. And you played here when you were kids? Yeah. That sprinkler's not on now, but that's like one of the free sprinkler parks that we used to go to. So you'd run through the water in the summer? Yeah. I used to walk the neighborhoods around this area, you know, go see friends and family and such. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see, when was that? In the that 80s? was in um. Nineties. No, that was in the nineties for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah early uh, mid nineties and yeah. up. So tell tell me a little bit about yourselves. You are North Charleston born and bred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it like growing up in North Charleston? I like to call it bittersweet because it's like in North Charleston. I, we always knew we was Geechee because people would say that before we would even understand like what those words meant. Right. But we didn't really fully like grasp what it really meant to be Geechee because it was always like when we come to school speaking like our natural, you know, our first language, they'll be like, oh, you got to turn your Geechee off. You know, uh-huh. you that's not allowed here. You can't speak that. So it was always like a bittersweet thing. Like we knew once we left the school, once we was back in our community, we can freely be Geechee. But then once once we hit the school doors, it kind of felt like uh-huh. we had to put on a mask. So it was like bittersweet. Yeah. You know? Right. So you had to switch and change constantly. And um, so it wasn't perceived on the outside anyway as celebratory. It wasn't something perceived as positive Those not really word, yeah man. somebody called you Geechee that was fight that was close yeah. to calling them the n-word like yeah. you was ready to it was fight a, it was a pejorative it was yeah insult. and I guess your accent was frowned upon or something. oh definitely everything the accent language dialect everything and I guess that just goes down to like generational oppression and trauma because a lot of the elders that went to certain schools you were actually hit if you even spoke like Gullah Geechee inside the schools like they would beat you for it. So I guess as they, you know, became yeah. adults, right? And, and, and we haven't have a saying for people who are from here, but don't sound geeky. We call it, oh, you must've got the geeky be out of you. Yeah. You know, cause a lot of people, you know, cause linguistic discrimination is real. So I do understand it. So a lot of parents forbid their kids to speak it, which is, which is that's what I say is bittersweet because your language is connected to your identity. So if you don't know your language, then how do you identify? Right. It's interesting, you know, the, the, the social dynamic is different. Immigrants from wherever other countries, Latin America or Europe or whatever, they're the that that initial generation of immigrants 
Pat spoke with their accents and didn't know English very well, but they were determined that their kids would become American. Mm -hmm. And so they would speak English and they often suppressed the, the use of their native language in the, even in the home mm -hmm. because they were so focused on assimilation. Mm -hmm. For African-Americans, the experience, of course, is very different. You were purposefully denied, you know, yeah. you're stripped of cultural identity. And so that creates a different kind of dynamic, I guess, in the house. What about your parents? What, what happened when you got home and you were free to be Geechee? Well, that's the thing that it was still kind of confusing because even even at home, like I said, a lot of adults, they still feel like English is the language of power and success. Correct. So it was still like, well, you can't speak like that, you know, so we can only really speak it when we're like around our friends or our siblings. Because okay. so even similar. like, yeah, it was a kind of similar effort to be part of the culture, part of the dominant culture. Yeah. And, and getting a geese beat out, beat out you don't necessarily mean, you know, physical abuse. It would, you would get this, you know, I'm about to go to the store. Excuse me? Mm -hmm. That's another form of getting a beat out you. Excuse me? Correction? Yeah, like you that mean, mental abuse. Yeah. So uh, I came to the Charleston area in 2004, and one of the earliest stories I wrote was about the Gullah translation of the New Testament. Uh, and there was... Um, a seminar of sorts held at the Penn Center at the time, which I attended, and scholars were there, and it was this very interesting experience because it was clear that something had changed, that the, the perception among academics, scholars, uh, cultural advocates, people in the community, was that Gullah had had arrived uh, to the point of uh, it, it, there was a certain legitimacy imbued now and that Gullah was an actual language not a dialect not an accent but a language and this assertion seems to have taken hold right around 2005 six something like that um, ha what have you detected how has attitudes toward the culture and the language changed over the course of your own experience? Well, I'm gonna speak as a student and as a teacher because I worked inside Charleston County Schools for going on eight years. Um, growing up, like I said, I, was, I wasn't allowed to speak Geechee. I had to learn on my own that, because most people, you know, you write how you, how you talk. So I would write all my information in my first language and I would have to convert it into um, the language of the classroom. And even now, as an adult, when I'm in a school, I still feel a lot of these kids are discriminated against because of their language they're put in, like, either special ed or speech classes. Even though, like you said, it, it, it already has been proven to be a language really in, like, the early 1900s by Lorenzo Dow Turner. So I feel like it was already a language, but there's still, like, a stigma around it. People don't want to acknowledge that it is a language. I feel like now with our platform and other people, you have son who's now teaching Gullah at Harvard University mm -hmm. that's helping push and change. Because really, like you you said it's really just attitudes around the language yeah. it's not necessarily us fighting to legitimize it because it's already legit language a language is a way of communication well, let's just be honest you know most things if you wanted to get out there you got to market mm -hmm. right so the new the new uh billboards your cell phone that's what we use technology to push mm -hmm. right the pride of 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 being galagichi i guess i'm a little surprised that there's still this resistance in the schools and um, 
still this push to sort of suppress the the language and the accent and the natural expressions of the culture like that. Yeah. I thought I thought that was changing more. I feel like when more people step up, because that's why it was always so frustrating at school. I, again, I've been in the school for about eight years. When I first brought it to their attention, to be honest, I was laughed at. But now, um, like I said, with the push of my platform, Sunway, everybody's doing it now with Black Lives Matter in the forefront. I feel like now people are willing to have those conversations because I see that Charleston County is now looking at cultural competency um, programs to help with to help understand the language and. To me, it's a step in the right direction, but if you don't have enough actual teachers within the school, and if you're not actually going inside the community, because when I was at one school I was teaching at for um, for Black History Month, they sent all the teachers to a plantation. And I said, that's not really helpful because to me that you're still enforcing, number one, that Black history starts with slavery. And number two, you need to go inside the actual communities to understand the culture. Don't go to a plantation to understand Absolutely. our story. You know, that's, that's just one piece of the puzzle. That's not going to give you the whole scope of who we are yeah yeah and, and uh, i mean in fact your language is evidence of that right it's a creole <laughs> language that mixes english and african languages western african languages and all kinds of things together and uh, you know the, the you can trace back exactly to the, the gold coast right and uh and all the cultures there that dominated for so long um so so you have taken on this kind of advocacy role. When did you start Geechee Experience and what was your initial thinking? We started, I want to say yesterday, and it was our um, two-year anniversary. Yeah, 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 yesterday. Yeah, right, yeah. anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. But um, yeah, so we started it, it was in 2018, the end part of it. And um, let me just be honest with you, we were going to name it Humanizing the Hood. Mm -hmm. You know, painting a different perspective of African-American neighborhoods in America, period. And so um, we, we talked about it a little bit and, and we came up with Geechee Experience together. Remember that? Yeah, we was at, was at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts on Dorchester Road. <laughs> Never forget. But um, yeah, that's, that's when we started and that was, that was what we were aiming for, you know, just to paint another, another picture right. of what, uh, what the news media made may paint as a horrible place to be, you know, never go over there if you're in town. Which is so crazy because when people, no. <laughs> yeah. when people come to Charleston, like they usually go downtown, which I call a tourist trap and they tell them like, oh, stay away from no Charleston. But right. downtown has been so gentrified that you're not going to find like a lot of Gullah Geechee people down there anymore. So it's like, if you want to experience like authentic Gullah Geechee, you either going to have to come to no Charleston or Wamala you know, a few places um, on James and John Island because it's like NASA has been completely genified. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what about that? I, what I've noticed, well, a couple of things. One is you're very active on social media, especially Instagram. And so you've leveraged this current um, media platform to get your message across. And that's kind of new. Uh, you're young, you're both young. And so do you find that you're able to reach younger people as Absolutely. a result Absolutely. yeah yeah like yeah, that's what's happening mm -hmm. I guess. technology social media i feel like it's a it's a great tool to use and to utilize i know some people because we've got like a few pushback or like oh but why you're teaching everybody the language but we feel like any we're not just teaching anybody we're exposing it and letting people know that we still exist because even i know earlier you mentioned um the gullah testament 
a lot of people don't realize that there's a difference between Gullah and Geechee when it comes down to languages, even though they're used the same. But when it comes down to language and dialect, it's completely different. You know, Gullah is more traditional before because how Gullah Geechee was created, it was created due to isolation, yeah. you know. Right. Um, but so since now, we haven't right. we haven't lived like that for a very long time. So and just like with any languages that's still living, which Gullah Geechee is, it evolves over time. So we speak completely different. But a lot of people don't understand that. So when we do go to certain schools, like people look at us, oh, can you speak Gullah for me? I'm like, we don't talk like that. Like, that's okay, not so, real. So give us a, 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 forgive me, give us a little a Gullah Geechee 101 here for our viewers. What is the difference between Gullah and Geechee? Why is it sometimes used together as one thing when it's not exactly one thing? And what are precisely the differences? Give us a couple of examples. Okay, I feel like to keep it short, Gullah is more traditional. Gullah That's how when it when it was first created, because you know, due to isolation. So Gullah was more traditional. An example of it would be like um hunting for chilling, all type of thing like that. Mm. That's Gullah. You hear a lot of elders say that. And Geechee, what were saying Geechee instead of saying that? Um, you and your children around like hunting for children cracking teeth, right? But that's like children in the house running their mouth you know mm -hmm. talking all, talking loud might be talking period hush yeah or another example i would say like you uh you hear them say chilling so you say uh they'll call children chilling but we say churn yeah we just say churn that's interesting yeah, yeah. and i feel like they use it together because linguistically it is the same it belongs to the same family i feel like Geechee is like a daughter of Gullah. you know it's not I see. you know it's still related but it's same different people right uh, isn't there a geographical difference too Mm -hmm. Like where along the coast you are sort of depends that's on changing. whether you're... That's changing. Yeah. That people debate that. That's changing. But it has for a while because a lot of people, you know, are leaving either due to gentrification or they just want a, a different scenery. Yeah. So even if you look at the original map, you know, they say Gullah goes from North well, Carolina, Jacksonville, all the way down to Jacksonville, um, Florida. Florida. But a lot of people, because, you know, I when I go to Florida and I ask people like where the Gullah Geechee people that's yeah. like you know see the connection a lot of people are like I don't know what you're talking about wow so that's interesting yeah. I always heard that the South Carolina coast was basically Gullah and the Georgia coast was basically Geechee you hear that a lot too yeah I've heard that too but and a couple of people from Georgia they identify as saltwater Geechee, Geechee and freshwater Geechee right mm -hmm. yes right did you ever meet Cornelia Bailey from Sapelo no, Island no but I, I read about her yeah she's got a wonderful memoir beautiful memoir yeah, uh, sort of a matriarch. And she, I once met her on Sapelo and she gave me a little tour of the island. And she was pointing out all of these old traditional methods of identifying medicinal plants mm -hmm. and what they're good for and all this, just really kind of remarkable stuff. And uh, to what extent do you delve into to that, to the sort of the, the connectedness to the land? You know, like the land is our bloodline, land and water. That's our bloodline. That's what carried us. That's what fed us. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's what sustained us. Yeah, at the end of the day, man, that's our umbilical cord and amniotic sac. Yeah, yeah, and it's sad, but I'm seeing like a lot of of our generation are going back into farming and being on the land because for a long time we associated the land with slavery because that's you know essentially what we brought over here for, you know. Um, but now I'm seeing a lot of. A lot of people are not coming back home and wanting to get back into agriculture and to reclaim that. Yeah. There has been a little bit of a return back to the yeah. South, right? Yeah, like reverse migration. Yeah, reverse migration. We yeah. call that Sankofa. Mm -hmm. And uh, is a lot of that for uh, um, 
because there are agricultural opportunities, farming opportunities? Well, or? it's so hard down here to even get into agriculture because, yeah. you know, the historical racism issue down here. But it's a lot of people who can trace their um, their parents, our great-grandparents, great-grandparents to land. To a certain... Right, right. so they're coming so they back come home. back to that land. Right, because yeah. right. going back to, um, we talked about, like, a lot of Gullah Geechee people are not even... When you look at the original map of, like, the Gullah Geechee, which is still, that's still the original homelands, but if you actually physically go there, it's completely different when you look at demographics. A lot of Gullah Geechee people are not there, so it's, like, a huge migration yeah. happened, but now we're seeing that reverse migration where a lot of people are returning home. So what's been the response to your efforts so far over the last two Love. Years? I mean, I feel like you still, you're always going to get a hater here at too. But yeah. for the most part, this has been a lot of love. Yeah. A lot of love. A lot of people are thinking us, you know, because for a long time, a lot of people felt so suppressed. Even at the school I used to work at, it was people I did not know was Geechee and they came up to me speaking Geechee. They was like, <laughs> you know, because right? it was like a sense of pride in them. They felt like they, they didn't have to hide anymore. Wow. And the kids too. And the kids. Oh, and the kids loved it. For um, for Black History Month, I made I turned my door into Black languages, so I highlighted different languages. Just even Gullah Geechee and African American vernacular um, English. So I put different words, and they immediately was like, they loved it. They identified with it, and they yeah. felt seen. Right. You know. Right. Seen and heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Respected. That's really what kids need. Yeah. They just need to be acknowledged and heard. I think. Yeah. And that goes a long way in validating them. So, um, so you also spend a little time using your platform, not just to teach history and to advocate for the culture and so on, but to address certain political issues and concerns, to call out appropriation, right, and racism of various kinds. Mm -hmm. tell, tell us a little bit about that, the, the political side of your efforts and what motivates you and and what the response has been to that what motivated us to do that was just we wasn't seeing a lot of people who um who are held in higher standard speaking out on these issues you know like gentrification has been going on for a while in charleston you know a lot with um people who are not gullah Geechee using the name and just even by that it's so disrespectful because like i said it used to be a racial slur it still kind of is to certain people so how can you attach that to your business to gain profit mm -hmm. or you're not even supporting the right. community and then if you look down you know just to be honest you, you probably even enslaved galagishi people and you're just going to turn around and put that on your brand to make a profit like that's not okay and, it, and it's, it's not extremely okay. offensive you can ask okay. anybody that's extremely offensive you know so that, that's better than going out and causing a fuss you know I, I think at least among white people it was taken for granted for a really long time and now there's some awareness, growing awareness of it, thanks to your efforts and other people too who, who've been calling that out. Um, it, it, do you sense a kind of awakening now? What's going on? How would you describe this particular moment? I feel like a lot of people are just reclaiming what's theirs. You know, we're taking back what's ours and letting people know, and we're gatekeeping, which you, which you need to, because if you don't, then you have people who will come in it's and like, oh, this is mine, mm -hmm. This I'm gonna take it, even though, you know, like literally, especially in Charleston, like our ancestors built this from the ground up. So it's like, no, you just can't take it. So what we're seeing is like a, a new sense of pride and people standing strong and saying, yes, this is mine and I'm claiming it. Yeah, right. Wonderful. So how did you meet? I guess you've known each other for a long time. Yeah, I wanna say, I met, so, Funny story, he was best friends with my sister. Um, so in being that I was, I'm the youngest of six, I used to always tag along with my sister. Okay. So I met him through her. 
Um, and then our relationship grew closer when my sister, unfortunately, she passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, her birthday is coming up. She passed away and that, um, and that kind of brought us closer. And it's one thing in our community, if you're friends with somebody for more than what, three or five years, oh, they, basically, five, say five. they basically become Nowadays. family. Okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. So you, you just became very close friends and, yeah. and then why, how did, what brought you together to do this project together? I mean, we're both being that we both grew up from North Charleston. We both had similar um, experiences growing up and just seeing, um, just seeing how people represent Gullah Geechee, I feel like that was also a motivating factor. For be both of you. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest, you know, growing up in North Charleston, most black people were poor. Yeah. And uh, they're looking for another way. Mm-hmm. And so we were looking for a way to, like I told you earlier, humanize the hood. Mm-hmm. You know, make a chance for, for us to be able to be seen in a different light. You know, opportunity coming to us. But um, that's, that's pretty much what it is. Well, it seems to be working. I mean, people are responding to this they are. <laughs> project quite positively. Mm-hmm. How many followers do you have now on Instagram? 20... 20.5. Yeah. Yeah. 20.5. Yeah. So that's 20,500. 20, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's pretty good in two yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 10 stacks a year. Yeah. All right. Because <laughs> I feel like people were just waiting, waiting for somebody to just like, just do it, to show it. And, yeah. like, and people can really relate to the platform, especially people who are Gullah Geechee, even people who got family. Because we get like a lot of people who like, oh, my grandma was Gullah, but she was ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. And now it's finding your page. Like so many people say, oh, I'm crying watching y'all videos because it reminds me of home. Or reminds me of somebody who passed away who spoke so the language. the older generation reacting in this way? Is it, is they see, oh, these young people are doing this and it makes me feel so good. Is that, is that what's going on? Yeah, it's like part. multi-generational support, which you love, because that's mm-hmm. what we wanted. And let's just be honest, you know, people, people, people have been doing this for a long time, because I remember going to Ronald E. McNair Elementary School and I seen people performing on stage doing the work. But I think the difference between us and that is that we meeting people where they at, mm-hmm. okay? Right. You know, um, we online talking to people, you know, and, and we don't have one dashikis. You know, we got on with most people wearing sweaters or yeah. t-shirts today. Yeah. You know, meet people where they at. Yeah, know? and we're just being real. You know, like I said, we don't, I feel like when a lot of people look at Gullah Yuchi, they still stuck in the past. And it's like, it's a living culture. You know, you know, yes, you got to take from the past, but also you can't forget mm-hmm. about the present and the future. And I also feel like that's why a lot of people can't relate to it because they, they can see themselves in it. And then once we bring them in, they can also look look at the past and relate to that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It has a certain, it's been used or arguably misused in some cases as, um, as a way to sort of market a culture, as mm-hmm. a superficial way to sort of present a culture. The music and the food mm-hmm. and isn't this lovely sort of the mm-hmm. the shiny surface the of shiny it all. parts mm-hmm. you know the shiny parts mm-hmm. and you guys make it real you're saying no 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 we are Geechee you know right. this mm-hmm. is who who we are and who we've long been and these are the generations and the, yeah so that's a little bit different I think and don't forget this is where we want to take it mm-hmm. you know and we and we ask for approval from the from the followers we ask we do polls. Oh, I see. Yes, we do polls. To get their feedback. To get people's yeah, feedback. Are we doing this right? Are we going in the right direction? Yeah, because this ain't just us. Even though we create this platform, we letting people know, like, this is about all of us. So we make sure we include all voices. Even if you wasn't born within the Gullah homelands, which you got Gullah ancestry, you know? Which so many do. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. I feel like, because I feel like Gullah is, if the African diaspora had a baby, 
that's what Gullah Geechee is. We're literally like a mixture. That's why it's so hard. And people be like, oh, well, what is Gullah Geechee? You can find so many different African ethnicities within Gullah Geechee culture. We're right. really like the African diaspora in America. Yeah. Which is wonderful. It yeah. is. I mean, how fun and exciting <laughs> and what the opportunities that that presents. So, okay, so what are you thinking about now? How, where are you going to take this? What do you want to do? Like so, next year and then five years from now, what's going to happen? So we got a couple things in the works. Yeah? Gonna no, drop we're not supposed tell. to really drop, but um, we created a flag. A flag. Something that, that could be represented. You know, it's not, it's not like, a, like a UN recognized flag or anything like that. It's just a flag that we can, you know, wave to um, show that this is something that represents us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, Just like an experience flag. Identity, cool. pride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's experience. So continue to build the pride. Yeah, build, build the pride. I mean, how can you, how can you say you want to get up and go to work or get up and do anything if you don't have any kind of drive? Mm -hmm. Building that back up right now. Yeah. Right, and a lot of that depends on a sense of, 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 of identity, of knowing who you are. And right. If you know who you are and where you're from and where your roots are and where you're connected and how you're connected, then you know, you have something to build upon. Right, and, and that would curb a lot of, because what I, what I can't stand about the narrative, and I work with kids, so like, they are my passion, so I bring them up a lot. And just by seeing them, a lot of people would talk about all oh, these youth, they're out here being reckless. But from my experience, if you let them know who they are, they didn't come from slaves. They actually have greatness within them. They won't be out here, you know, being destructive. But if you're just telling them that you're a slave, you came from slave, that's all you're ever going to be, then why do you think you'll get that type of behavior? Right. So um, what I also seen in the next one to five years is also creating some kind of, I don't know if it's going to be an act, some type of law that really protects people who speak Galagichi from linguistic discrimination, also mm -hmm. protects them. It's the kids out here who making a palmetto rose and they criminalized it in Charleston now. Right. So where these yeah. kids are, you know, they're getting a criminal record by making something of their culture, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like if we bring the humanity, because I feel like that's a sense of you're dehumanizing them in Absolutely. their culture, yeah. you know, so you bring that back into them. Because we even spoke at a jail and by even going there and telling these kids, hey, you speak a language, you know, oh, you you're not dumb. Change. Yeah, mm -hmm. they came in and they was all big and bad on what they doing here. This is, they, when we started speaking, letting them know who we all we represent, you can see they hold entire mm -hmm. demeanor they change. They sitting up and, yeah. and, and they asking questions. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised what they're in there for. And I'm like, right. what? You're a nice mm -hmm. young man, you know. Right, yeah, and they develop a hard shell to protect mm -hmm. themselves. Exactly. And then with the repetition of that same cycle going over and over, you just got an empty shell walking around yeah mm -hmm. you know so you're trying to fill it yeah basically with a sense of identity and pride mm -hmm. what about like a curriculum have you thought about developing i have i brought that to the school attention so many times i guess i i guess i'm gonna try again i really was trying to move away and just create my own school because i've gotten so much pushback from the school but i feel like i guess now with the current climate we're in i guess maybe i give it another shot but if not i might just move in and try to just create my own own platform so these kids can have something mm -hmm. or at least have have a curriculum that you can disseminate to those who are open to it yeah and willing and there may be you know pockets of we have done some work at North Charleston High School yeah, yeah. with uh, Miss Mav mm -hmm. um, McIntosh her class was awesome yeah 
So you go into the schools. Obviously, it's not just an Instagram platform. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell me what else you do. You have, you visit schools. Artwork. You do some consulting. Everything. I mean, we do, yeah, I mean, everything. everything. That's what we call the experience because right. it's, it's so many like layers of it. We go sit down with elders. We record their stories to hear about it because, you know, really? our language is, is oral. You know, just like most African cultures, it's, it's real oral with our culture. So we go record their stories and see, you know, what they're up to. Right. Um, a little bit of everything. And what are you doing with these, this like oral history project? Right now we're just compiling it to, um, for our own so we can kind of get different perspectives on it. I mean, hopefully, you know, with funding and stuff, we can turn this into an actual project, either a documentary or something. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're just making sure we get those stories because, you know, our elders, you don't know how long they're going to be here. Right. You know, or anybody. Anybody for that matter. You know? So this is really um, a kind of modest enterprise it's the two of you doing your thing um have you thought about organize you know setting up a are you a non-profit or setting up a non-profit setting up a non-profit yeah. Yeah. and you know being able to raise money and get grants and like do more yeah that way so that's on the horizon yeah, yeah. you know we started off we, you know you have 2,500 Instagram followers. We yeah. do, yeah. You know, in two years. And yeah. uh, that seems to be a good starting point for a bigger... It is, but it's just a lot of work because it's just the two of us and yeah. we have... And there's so much within... Like, people think social media marketing is easy, is it? It is not. Like, that is a full-time job a on top of balancing your, yeah. your own job, your right. outside of you that. You have day jobs. You know? Yeah. But um, but hopefully in the in the future that is the plan is to even you know bring people on you know it can be Geechee experience chapters you know all over you know not even just in America like like I said I feel like we're just a part of the African diaspora absolutely part of the whole so um so what are like the immediate next steps what are your plans what are the issues you're particularly focused on right now well the immediate next step is the flag that um that Chris just mentioned mm-hmm. just to let people know and this is also a project you know like I said we listen to the people because this isn't just about us this you know work for a while you know this is about all us as a whole and people are stating this up hey man I want a flag that represents us you know what's going on with a flag do we got a flag so we finally got that in the works and we're going to drop that black history month and let people know hey this is what it is um, and we also we have an event coming up my fact next weekend at the healing springs mm-hmm. um and that's that just that's like a sacred place just being like i said the water is so therapeutic to us yeah. Yeah. um and being there it's like a natural alkaline water you know mm-hmm. this is right there it's a spring free, mm-hmm. you know fantastic and and which has been used i think for generations yes, generations. yes. yes. they said it's yeah. even titled to god so no mm-hmm. one can take it right yeah it's kind of cool that's mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. excellent so we're gonna be meeting people out there you know people who say they want to come out we're gonna meet them we got something for them when they come out. Okay. And uh, we just, just have a little small discussion. Of course, you have a, a website, so if people mm-hmm. want to look you up or contact you, and they yeah. can easily do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, listen, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. And uh, I'm one of your 20,500 <laughs> followers. Appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> very much admire all that you've been doing and all the attention you've been bringing. Uh, in this new and innovative way and and i also appreciate that you're not afraid to address some of the more difficult issues and the challenging issues that the community is facing yeah Uh, you're doing a great job of raising awareness and i for one am grateful 
Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Chris and Akua. It's great to talk to you and to know you, and thank you for joining us on this project. All right. Nice, thank you. All right. <laughs> now, a word from our sponsors. At Ingevity, our success requires a team-oriented culture that engages the diversity, knowledge, energy, talents, and expertise of all individuals. We understand that building a truly inclusive and diverse company requires change, and we're ready to put in the work. Ingevity is a company made up of extraordinary people of every race, religion, and background, all worthy of the same dignity. Now, more than ever, we must understand that our differences are one of our great strengths. We're proud to sponsor the Post and Courier's 12 Leaders to Watch series. By honoring the work of these diverse and remarkable influencers, we're pushing towards meaningful change in our community. 12 Black Leaders to Know is a special series of the Post and Courier, produced by Chris Zeller, with interviews conducted by Adam Parker, and video production by Matthew Crum. Thank you to our sponsors, Bank of America, College of Charleston Master of Business Administration, South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts and Humanities, Claflin University, Nephron Pharmaceuticals, South Carolina Whitmore School, Ingevity, South Carolina Buy Black Locally, Trident Technical College, and Middleton Place. To learn about South Carolina's pantheon of social justice warriors, visit postandcourier.com slash blackhistory.